Welcome to Simply Happy, a show where you'll be learning how to shift into a more positive perspective in easy-to-manage steps. Who am I? My name's Olivia. I'm a mother, a wife, the driven woman behind SimplyAlley.com, and someone who ditched bipolar, anxiety, and depression through mastering my mindset and emotions. So let's chat about some tips that have helped transform my life and many others, because life doesn't need to look perfect to be happy. Hey there, what's up? It's your girl Olivia coming at you with a bonus episode of the Simply Happy Podcast. I am super pumped for this episode. Today, it is a chat with Shelly Paxton about fully owning who you want to be. And I can't tell you, this is such a good conversation. I cannot wait for you to dive in, but I do want to let you know just a couple of things first um, that we didn't get to mention in the episode. And one was that, so you're going to hear us talking about her book which the title is Soulbatical. You're going to um, hear us talking about that loads during the podcast episode, but we don't mention the name of the book until later on. But what is so amazing about her book, well, one, I have read it. I completely recommend it. I definitely recommend you read it. Um, but you can find it everywhere. And what's really cool is that if you go to www.bookshop.org, They'll actually ship the book directly from the publisher and the proceeds go towards keeping indie bookstores in business. That is one really epic, cool thing. So you can give back in that way. The other really epic, cool thing is that Shelly is actually donating 10% of the proceeds from her books to the Life is Priceless Foundation. Now, their website is www.lipf.org and they are, they basically support they're supporting the research and treatment of depression and suicide prevention. So it's just loads of loads of mental health goodness. <laughs> um, and so when when you are buying Soulbatical, when you're buying this book, you're giving back to just two really amazing causes. Um, and so I just think it's extra fantastic that there's just so much giving happening here, especially with such a good book. So you can definitely check that out. All the links are going to be in the show notes so you can find them there. Now, the other thing I will say is I'm going to give you a little warning. (laughs) It's not a crazy warning, but later in the episode, you might hear a door creak open and then you might hear a small child mumbling in the background. (laughs) That's going to be me on my end. And so I'm just giving you a heads up that please keep listening to what Shelly's saying and just know that that's just going to be a little noise that happens. Don't try to figure it out. It's just, you know, your standard mom interruption. Anyway, I will not keep you any longer. There are so many good things we're talking about in this episode from finding opportunities to rebel for yourself, getting away from the shoulds, doing the scary thing to own who you want to be. Just so many good, good talking points in this conversation. So definitely get ready. It's a good one. Here we go. Welcome, Shelly. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I I literally, I mean, we've been talking, but I am super pumped to have you here. So welcome to the Simply Happy Podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. And one of the few interviews you've done. So as I was just telling you, I feel so honored. Thank you. Oh my gosh. No, I, I feel honored that I, honestly, that you're here. So it's, it's mutual, mutual honoring. 
Let's be the mutual admiration society, shall we? We shall. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Okay, so real quick, go ahead and tell us a little bit about what it is that you do to help more people become simply happy. Oh, so my version of simply happy, and by the way, I just love that. So my version of like helping people become simply happy is to help them become chief soul officers of their lives. It's a title I gave myself when I left Harley Davidson over three and a half years ago. And I gave myself a title so that I would take it really like take this responsibility for getting to know my soul, be in relationship with my soul, nurture my soul. I would take that really seriously. I treated it like a job. And so I help people understand what does it mean to be chief soul officer? I'm, I'm stuttering over my own words. You're good. Chief soul officer of your own life and to liberate your soul. And that means living more authentically, more courageously, more on purpose. And honestly, it's it's a life that's more fulfilling. I mean, we're, we live in a time, not just current crisis, pandemic crisis, but we live in a time of so many crises. We live in a time of where burnout is a pandemic, where depression rates are skyrocketing, where suicide rates are skyrocketing. And so I want to help people get back to who they truly are, what they want, and the impact that they want to have in the world. And I help them do that. And and the net result of that is fulfillment, which I also associate with happiness and joy. Oh, that's amazing. It's beautiful. I love it. You and I are on the same wavelength, girl. It's, it's, it's... Oh, we absolutely are. <laughs> I love, love it. Oh, my goodness. So, you kind of already answered it, but I was going to ask you, what does uh, being simply happy look like to you? Oh, God, it means being true to yourself. So I have a line. Um, well, it's not just the line, but it's sort of a truth that came out as I was writing my book. And the truth that came out is authenticity is the truest form of rebellion. Mm. And so that to me also correlates to happiness and fulfillment. I mean, what I say to people is like when I was in the corporate world and believe me, I had so much good fortune and a lot of privilege and I had the most incredible 26 year career. And at the same time, while I was ticking all of those boxes of traditional success on the outside, I was feeling emptier and emptier on the inside. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I had success without full, right? I yeah. felt success empty. And so, so I realized as I've gone on this sabbatical journey and as I've become chief soul officer of my own life, that really being true to myself is where the joy and the fulfillment and the happiness come from. And I am somebody who there's a reason why the subtitle of my book is a corporate rebels guide to finding your best life. Cause I have been a rebel since the second I came out of the womb, <laughs> I have been, but the like first half, and I know you've probably read some of this, yeah. right? The first half of my life, it was all rebelling against everything. It was rebelling against my parents and authority and tradition and religion and you name it. Like the list is long. And then what I realize now and where I think a lot of my happiness comes from is in rebelling for my own self yeah. and, you know, who I am and the impact that I want to have in the world and helping others 
liberate their soul. So I'm really on a mission, especially right now in the current crisis that we're in, to say, how do we use this moment to pause and check in with ourselves and really kind of do a reflect and rediscover and reset so that we can understand what do we want to rebel for in the new normal? Oh, my gosh. Ah, I love that so much. That yeah, is so perfect. Right? I, 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 it's juicy. It is. I feel you on so many levels, too, because so, like, I feel like, I don't know if I would call my life normal by any means. I can't remember the first seven years of it. But, um, <laughs> but when the bad hit me really hard, that was my response. My response was to rebel, like, to so many things. Like, I remember, like when it's like the little things, like when people found me attractive, I was like, okay, then I'll cover up and wear all black. Like I rebelled to like everything. I was like, you want to try to do that? I'm going to go against it. And, and it was like living in that space, but not because I necessarily wanted to, but because it was a, a, out of a reaction. Right. Yes. And, and then like, finally, after learning how to, you know, change my thinking, how to control my emotions better, like all that stuff and, and beating the bad, then I finally reached this place where, yeah, it was like, well, who do I want to be? Like, how do I want to live? What do I want to believe? And I think that especially now that's super important because I know it's something I've, I've done, especially a lot in my business is I'm like, yeah, that's somebody's way of doing it, but it doesn't mean I have to do it that way doesn't mean that's right. The, the right way or that's the only way. And it was the same with beating the bad when they were like, yeah, meds and therapy are your options. And I was like, well, that's not working for me. So what can I do? And I took my own route with it. And and I think it's a, it's that that rebellion of, like you said, challenging the norm, challenging what's even even now, like what was normal, challenging it and then being like, this is my opportunity to yeah. behave how I want, think how I want, do, you know, what I want. And given, you know, there's the context of life, too. I get that. Like, you know, it's like I've got two kids. I can't be like, I'm going to Spain. Like, right. like <laughs> but, fair enough. <laughs> yes. But, but at the, you know, to the same degree, it's like, you know, within what you're experiencing, you know, like, how, how can you create your, your micro opportunities? How can you start to break out of your own shell? And, and like you said, be authentically who you want to be, not what the world makes you out to be or your family or your friends or even, you know, the bad. It's about choosing who you are. Well, and I think, and it's even, it's even on a, on a deeper level, it's getting to really know who you are, because I think so many of us, and I'm speaking from personal experience, spend more time doing than being. Mm -hmm. So when you say like the be part of that is so incredibly important and how can we use not just, you know, this opportunity in the, in the current crisis that we're in, but just but yes, it's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we practice that being right? How do we use this downtime to kind of audit some aspects of our lives to really get to ask ourselves some difficult questions, you know, some challenging questions about what, what is really kind of serving us and our, our purpose or our, are, you know, being true to who we are, what's really fueling our soul, what's sucking the energy out of it, what do we want more of and less of, and you're right, it can be, these can be baby steps, or micro steps, just to saying, you know what, it's time for a new morning routine, I haven't had a morning routine, 
I want to create one and I'm going to create it now so that it's in place. And I've, I've built that foundation for when we come out of the crisis, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's, maybe it's, I'm going to start writing now, you know, maybe it's, I, and there's just so many opportunities I think for us to just ask ourselves those questions and listen. I mean, I love to ask my clients this question. I just say, what would change in your life? If you were being 100% true to you right now. Mm. Yes. So much, yeah. probably. So much. <laughs> so much, right? For, for all of us. And I've been, I've been on this journey and I would still have answers to that question. Like, you know, day by day, step by step. And we don't have to do it all at once. So I don't mm-hmm. know if I totally led us astray with that. But I just, mm-hmm. I wanted to drop that in to just say, I think the being piece of this is really, really important. Because I come from a history of completely, just, I was addicted to busyness. And I was addicted to numbing, I called myself a ninja of numbing. Mm-hmm. I was so good at it. And I, I numbed through um, food and booze. Yeah, primarily. And I was so, I mean, I would literally come home from these crazy days at Harley and I would drink at least a bottle of wine and I would just in hopes of like just keeping it all down so I didn't have to answer the hard questions. So I didn't have to face the truth that I knew. I was completely out of alignment with myself. Mm-hmm. And I think people have the opportunity right now to just sit and, and be honest with themselves and say, were there pieces of my life that I wasn't feeling that great about before this all started? that I really want to think about, like, what would I want to change? What parts of the old normal do I not want to come into the new normal? Mm -hmm. I think, and I think it's so valuable that you brought that up, too, because, like, part of doing that sitting and reflecting is also, you know, I, I know that a lot of people, especially if they're dealing with the bad, you know, it's, it's scary to sit with yourself like it feels really scary because yeah. you do everything you can to get out of your own head because that's like the last place you want to be. But what I think is so valuable about being able to like, like just taking the time, taking this opportunity to reflect, to ask yourself questions, even if they feel scary, it's it's okay for that stuff to come up. And what's beautiful is that like the, if you have, you know, the worries or the negative thoughts in your head or even that stuff or even beliefs about yourself and what you're capable of, take a time to even ask yourself, like, is that actually my belief or did I pick it up from someone else? Did I pick it up from something else? Because that's also the kind of reflection that's really powerful. You know, like I look back at when I was younger and I thought that I was, I mean, I've talked about it so many times on the show, but it was, it was such a big thing for me to work through. I thought I was the dumbest person alive. Like, I just felt like, like, my, my motto was like, I'm stupid. Like, that was what I would tell people. I'm like, don't look at me, I'm stupid. Like, and, and I, but it was, it was something I realized that like, it was just little moments where people were like, oh, you don't know that? Why don't you know that? Oh, you don't know this? Why don't you know this? And I was like, oh, I don't know it. Oh, I don't know it. Oh, I must be dumb. Oh, I must be stupid. And, you know, it was that and a combination of, you know, being bullied and things like that. But it was like, it wasn't my choice. I didn't, I didn't realize it, you know, at the time, but like, it's my choice now. But it, it then, because I was younger, you know, it wasn't my choice to think that way. Or at least it didn't feel like it at the time. You know, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have awareness. (laughs) Um, 
Right, you weren't the woke person yeah. that you are right. today, my friend. <laughs> Can I just tell you, learned a fun fact, the part of your brain that's responsible for thinking really well and adulting, the prefrontal cortex, um, doesn't even freaking develop until you're 25. Like, right. my, we're all like like emotional children until we're 25, basically. <laughs> Yeah, and I believe it, especially looking back at my history. Oh, well, now I understand why I did all those crazy, silly, stupid things. Right, right. I have an excuse. But I I want to pick up on something that you were just saying because, well, one, I'm I'm fascinated fascinated by neuroscience because my dad had, I don't think you're at this point place in the book yet, but my dad had two strokes. Nope, oh, I'm no, there. You're, you're, I'm you're there. already past that, right? Girl. So my dad had my dad had two strokes, right? I forgot it was right at the beginning. Um <laughs> and ever since then I've just become so fascinated by the brain and its, you know, its plasticity mm-hmm. and what, you know, what it controls and all of that. So I love that you brought that piece in there. The um the thing I wanted to say kind of goes back to when you were saying like, I'm stupid, I'm stupid. You know, it's like, we have this thing. I talk about this in the book. Like we should all over ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And it sounds like shitting all over ourselves because it kind of is. Right. So I just say like another question for people to ask themselves, is like, where do I find myself doing what I think I should be doing versus what I want to be doing or what will be serving me best Mm -hmm. and my needs best, right? I think that's a really powerful question to sit with for each and every one of us because the answers are going to evolve. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's what I want people to know too, is like, it's not like you just like reach this like golden tower and it's all done. You know, like even, you know, people like me and Shelly, we still ask ourselves these questions. We still reflect and look for opportunities on where we can like improve ourselves, our lives, like make it better, make it feel better, you know, like all of that stuff. And so it's not that it's ever like work that's going to be like super hard and take like your whole life, but it it becomes exciting. It becomes something you look forward to at some point. And I think that's, that's important just because uh, this is random, but like I was listening to somebody talk about this kind of stuff the other day and they were like, you know, this stuff is hard and you're going to spend your whole life doing it. And I was like, well, that's a crappy belief to have. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but truth. (laughs) <laughs> we all True. choose our beliefs. <laughs> I know. Well, here's the other thing that just sort of sparked for me. And I don't know if you talk about this a lot, but, you know, one of my morning habits that really helps me is I do permission slips for myself. Are you, do you do this concept at all? <laughs> Explain it. I want to know. Okay. Okay. So this might be helpful for, well, it will be, it's just helpful for humans in general. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I learned this from Brene Brown. I had the pleasure of studying with her and her training with her last year and becoming certified in some of her work. And just some of the stuff I picked up has radically changed my life. And so I want to pass this one, pass this one on. And so yeah. here's the idea. You can do it in any way you want. Here's how I do it because my favorite color is orange. Mm-hmm. So I have stacks of orange orange post-its all over my house. So I grab orange post-its every morning. Like I'll grab one stack and just as part of my morning routine, I sit down, I get still, I get quiet. And I ask myself this question, what do I need to give myself permission to do or feel or not do in order to show up as my most courageous and powerful self today? Mm. 
That is good. That is good. Yeah. And it could be as simple as like, you know what? It's just like, you know what? I'm tired today and I'm going to give myself permission to take a nap this afternoon in between, you know, coaching sessions or podcasts or whatever I have going on today. I'm giving myself a, I'm giving myself permission to rest. Yes. And other days it's just like, oh, I'm feeling a little edgy, right? Well, I'm just going to give myself permission to be my messy self in the world today. However, that shows up <laughs> in whatever way, because I'm human yeah. and it's okay to be vulnerable. And so it, it comes out in, in a lot of different ways, but I found it to be such a powerful and very liberating practice. I love that. I think that's that is a fantastic practice to have. And like, I think I probably do something similar. I use the word allow a lot. So like, I'll allow myself to do something or allow this. And um, I've never I don't think I've ever really talked to it to a point like you just did, which I think like on the podcast, which I think is beautiful. But you know, it is important, like it is important to give yourself permission to do certain things. And, and what's value, like so incredibly valuable about it is that it's when you allow yourself to do that, it, it stops it from creating a pattern or a habit of it. So rather than you trying to like push it down and ignore it, like, oh, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to cry today or I'm not going to like take a nap today. Like, I just need to get up and go. I I should, I should, I should. Right. Right. (laughs) And when you like give yourself that permission, you go, okay, I'm giving myself like an opportunity, a window to feel this way, to be this way right now. And then I'll come back from that. And then I will choose something different than that. Totally. And I find like, I find that it just like, drops your shoulders and it Mm -hmm. takes this huge weight off your back. So I think sometimes we're just like, no, you know what? I mean, I know in my days of where it would just be like, nope, I'm putting the armor on. I'm going to spit polish it to a shine. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to think I've got it all together. And it was like, I was just ignoring what was going on inside of me. And so I, I love the idea of just like, yeah, allowing giving myself permission to, and even today, like here's, this is like in the moment and I'll share, like I told you, like, I want this to just be like an organic, honest, like vulnerable conversation. And I'm, I'm all in. One of the things I said this morning is like, I woke up and it's like, my head is like reverberating for some reason. And it sounds really bizarre. And I suspect it's because I had so many calls this week. I had presentations and coaching clients and podcast interviews and all of these things. And while I was sleeping well at night, I was getting rest. I think I've actually had like my earbuds in and I've been in front of my devices far too much. I think my brain right now is just saying, absolutely not. So I was like, you know what, as soon as we're done talking, I got some couch time coming. And I'm not gonna have I'm not gonna have a conversation with anybody. I'm taking the earbuds out of my ears. And I'm super excited for that. But it's like, I could have easily said like my like everybody else's, my to do list is a million miles long. And I'm like, No, you know what, this is like, we have to listen to our bodies, and really understand those signals that our bodies are sending. And, you know, I can live in my head as much as anybody else. And I really try to get into my body to ground myself. And so I was listening to the signals this morning and realizing like, okay, it's time for a timeout. It's okay for you to sit on your couch. Maybe you can watch Netflix and binge, or maybe you just need to read a good book or take a nap. (laughs) That's so good though. And I'm so glad you brought up listening to your body because 
so like you and I are both so familiar with this and especially it's it's one of those things too I think it's it's hard or it can feel hard when it's something you love like you love the to-dos you love the busyness you love you know what I mean like like I know I do but to the same degree like you have to listen to your body. And I think a lot of people are in the habit of when their body cues them, when their body signals them and says, hey, yo, take a break. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. they they go for alcohol. They go for an energy drink. They go for coffee. They go like they go for something that will drown the noise out that their body's trying exactly. to signal to them. And it's like, no, we actually need to listen to that. It's it's happening for a reason. That's okay. Like, you're not less than. You're not incapable. Like, it's it's normal. It's perfectly fine to to listen to that. Even if, even if it's the opposite and you have been laying down all day or you've been feeling depressed and you get this nudge of like, yeah, but I, I want to do my laundry. That's your body giving you the nudge to be like, hey, get up let's move like let's do that so it goes both ways right it tells us when to slow down true Mm -hmm. yeah and and just the practicing the art of listening to your body yes dropping into your body and you know I mean especially right now I think it's really really easy to get in our heads right Mm -hmm. with worry and anxiety and rumination and all the things right yeah and it's and I know your audience experiences this a lot and and so it's like oh how can we just drop in and say what do I need right now right drop into Mm -hmm. our body drop into I talk about soul a lot but that to me that's getting connected inside that's listening to the little voice and the signal inside you because I believe in you know strength and and stability from the inside out and I believe dropping into our body and listening to that little voice inside of us is what truly gives us that strength and that guidance yeah and that's you can't do that from from you know operating in your head you just can't there is that distinction you know because like we can have a bajillion thoughts um and thoughts that aren't even our own but it's important. I, I always I tell my students to check in with their head, their heart and their gut to check in with all three. Mm. And yes. um, and that way they kind of get that sense of, oh, if it's just my head going, but my heart and my gut aren't with it, then like, OK, let's not. <laughs> I guess we're OK. Right. Yeah. Let's dig a little deeper. or Let's say, nope, pass on that. For uh-huh. now, right? Yeah. And, if and it's... it's OK to say like, no, for now. I yeah. mean, I always teach people I learned from one of the master coaches I've been studying with, you know, he's always like, there's no such thing as a hell maybe. It's like, hell yes, <laughs> or hell no, or no for now. And so let's give ourselves permission to say, no, it's either a hell no, or it's a no for now, but it's okay to say no. In fact, it's more than okay to say no. It's great because the more no's we say, the more yeses we're actually saying to ourselves, to what is going to ultimately serve us. And take it from Shelly and I, because we were both the queens of, of not saying no. Right. Yeah. People pleaser. I mean, this is the thing that I always laugh about. And I write about this in the book, too, where I'm like, how on earth was I a rebel and a people pleaser all at the same time? Like, it sounds so ludicrous. Like, How is this possible? And yet, and I'm sure there are other people listening to this who are laughing with us, hopefully, where it's like, oh, yeah, I totally feel that I am that like, I had this way of, you know, kind of like putting my rebel on and saying, 
you know, I'm going to do this my way, but yet I was still doing my way on like a very traditional path. Yeah. I was doing my way in a way that I was still trying to please people. Right. And it was like, no wonder there was, it was exhausting. There's a lot of tension in that. Yeah. And what, you know, what I love too, is like you and I have like almost opposite ends of the same spectrum. It's like you, cause you had that happening in like the corporate world, like that path. And for me, like I experienced major burnout and not giving myself permission to like do anything for myself while I was being like while I was a stay-at-home mom so like I was trying to run a business I mean I do the same thing today like I'm still staying home mom and still have a business right. but I don't do it the same way but like I would no joke I'd be up at like nine or ten in the morning taking care of the kid like doing doing mom stuff doing house cleaning stuff all of that and then after I put her to bed, like we had a late schedule. So like I'd, and then I hang out with my husband until like probably like two or, you know, three in the morning. And then I would stay up and work until about six or 7 AM. And then I would go to bed. So like, I never quit. Like I was like, I'm going to be the mom. I'm going to be the wife and I'm going to be the business owner. I'm going to have all of it and I'm going to do it all like to the best. And then, and then I crashed into a wall. Yeah. (laughs) Because mm-hmm, that's the only way we learn, right? You have to go sprinting at like, you know, uh, 10 miles an hour into the brick wall. But that's, and it's like, oh. And that's why you and I are here. Because we don't want you yeah. running into a freaking brick wall because it's not fun, my friends. <laughs> it's not no, fun. No, it's not fun. It's not fun. And I, you know, like you, I mean, I, I'm assuming like you, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. But I, like, I write in my book about, like, I ran into multiple brick walls. It wasn't just once. Like, it took me, I I joke that my mom always said, like, Shelly has to hear something seven times or more to actually (laughs) get it, to, like, let it sink into her stubborn brain. And I feel like burnout was like that for me. Like, the path that I was on, it was like my body would be sending up the flares, and I would have, like, had a major illness. And it took me a year to recover. I was being treated at the Mayo Clinic. It was, I mean, it was, like, serious crisis. And then I kind of picked myself up and I'm like, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to change my life. Well, I changed pieces of my life. Did you? And then I kind of went right back to the same thing. Did you rebel in the wrong way? <laughs> Is that what you right. Did? Exactly. <laughs> I rebelled in the wrong way. Totally. And then I went through, after that, I went through a massive, like, epic divorce and and then that was like another where it's like okay you know what this is a moment in time to kind of pause and reflect and reset and I started going down that path then I get the opportunity to go to Harley Davidson and I'm like rev the engine (laughs) Shelly you know badass Shelly is ready to be back and prove to the world that she's still a rebel and like I go do that thing and then I you know I was just in constant like state of like illness and numbing and all the things at Harley and it wasn't until I had the nightmare that I opened the book with where it was like, okay, you know what universe I'm listening now. You're grabbing me by the lapels and shaking me and saying, I don't know what else to do or how many brick walls you have to run into and how bloody your face has to be, but stop. That's like, and that's when I finally did. I you know, what's so powerful about that. And when you said that, and even when I read it in the book, it was like your body haunted you until you made a move. (laughs) Like it was just like, I'm not leaving you alone. But honestly, that's what I, I truly believe bipolar anxiety and depression is doing because anyone can get it. Mm. You don't need a history of it in your family or whatever. Literally, I've had students where like, this is not something that runs in my family. I didn't think I was ever going to get it. I never understood like how bad it was. And then they 
they they ended up with depression and anxiety. And I'm like, it's because it's because we stop listening. We stop, you know, being true to ourselves or, you know, we live in that place of like shoulds and, and, and other people's thoughts and things like we pick it all up and our body will haunt us with it until we step in and do something about it. Oh, it's so true. And that gets by, I mean, that ties so perfectly to what we were talking about earlier about like, that's a reason to just sink into our body and listen. Yeah. Right. They really like ask, like, what's really going on here? Why am I feeling this way? Right? Like, where is this coming from? What does it mean? Because I think we're, we're so quick to like, either judge ourselves, judge what we're feeling. It's like, feel what we're feeling, but dig a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's, that's a big part of the opportunity. And believe me, like my experience is like, this is not me lecturing. This is me saying, Hey, I want to teach through experience because I definitely was the one who was like, well, this is ridiculous that I'm feeling this way. And it's like, you know, take down all whatever drugs people give me and do all the things. And and it wasn't working exactly as you said, like that path for treatment of bad for you didn't work. It wasn't serving you. And the treatment of like, you know, the surface level treatment of all of these things that I was experiencing wasn't service serving me and I wasn't going deeper at the time mm-hmm. until I literally had to stop and listen. And I had to realize that the message being sent to me was that I was living completely out of alignment with myself and that my, you know, my own soul was screaming at me, feeling neglected and malnourished and unloved and you know it's like hey listen you know are we going to have a relationship or not are we going to do this bigger thing in life or not and I was obviously I was scared I was scared to death because it's like well I only know how to do this one thing Mm -hmm. I've been this advertising and marketing superstar for at that point 25 years I don't really know how to do anything else and yet I just knew when I started to listen deeper that it was it was a um, it was a calling to say like you have a bigger mission in life you have a bigger purpose in this world that you haven't really sat still and thought about that you haven't really tapped into and that's why I left on sabbatical and gave myself a chance to discover what that is but that you know it took some slowing down and quieting and sinking in to really start to go down that path. And it was only one step at a time. And it took a lot of trust and surrender. Yeah. And I think that speaks so loudly to honestly, what everybody listening is trying to do, which is building a better relationship with yourself. Because it's so I don't want to say it's so easy, but I feel like it's just been it's been the norm. It's been what's been displayed, you know, it's what's been modeled for all of us is that you look outside of yourself. You look to the job. You look to the marriage. You look to kids. You look to family. Like, right? Like, your love and attention and energy is always going outward towards those things. Right? It's so true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And we don't, I mean, one of the things that I, I preach, I, I call it, everybody talks about self-care and while yes, self-care 100% super important, Mm -hmm. I've kind of elevated it to a conversation around radical self-commitment Yeah, because I think self-care is a part of self-commitment. Agreed. Self-commitment is bigger. 
it's bigger. It's like not disappointing ourselves. Be okay disappointing anyone else before you disappoint yourself because we do it so often, especially as women. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love that. And it's so interesting to me because so one of the things I have my students do at the very end of my program, and it's something I'm going to release actually as like a journal for other people to use, it's called the Opportunity Journal. And you kind of you do it in the morning, you do it in the evening. But one of the things in the morning is that you kind of like set, you know, just like intentions for the day, right? But in the evening, you check it. And you ask yourself, did I actually do the things? Did I do them? Did I let myself down? Did I put my what I wanted to do on the back burner? Or did I do it? And it's something to, it's an opportunity to reflect like we've been talking about and just be mindful and bring awareness to it of, oh, I keep not doing the things that I want to do. And now I can change right. it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And catch yourself in those patterns. That's yeah. really powerful. I love that. I love that you do that because it is a practice, right? Mm-hmm. Because we, we aren't aware of it unless we're tracking it in that way, unless we're starting to see those patterns. But, you know, one mm-hmm. in my history, as I look back, and especially as I was writing this book last year, I realized this history of disappointing myself mm-hmm. from the time when I was 26 years old. When I looked back, I realized I went on my first sabbatical, but of course I hadn't even created this term yet. I didn't even know what that meant, but all I knew at the time was that I wanted to take a break from this really sexy advertising job that I was in because my soul was just yearning for something else. Like I wanted to go see like, you know, foreign countries. I wanted to go exploring and adventuring. I wanted to see what there was beyond sitting in a lot of corporate conference rooms. And I want to just explore what this might mean for me. And so I put a backpack on my back and traveled around Europe and did volunteer work by myself for four months. Like I just took this break. Right. And then at the end of it, and this, so this ties to the, the conversation that we're having. I was like, I wrote, I don't, won't remember the exact words, but I was asking myself this question, like, do I want to take a chance on just continuing to like, let the wind, you know, blow and follow my soul and see where this all leads. Like I could literally just keep traveling around this backpack on my back, or I got this job opportunity to go to um, do advertising in Istanbul, Turkey on the McDonald's brand, which I had a ton of experience on. And, you know, it's like, which way is the right way, right? One is the known, but kind of the rebel and the known. The Mm -hmm. other is the complete unknown. And am I totally disappointing myself if I go back to the known? Of course, I choose to go back to the known. (laughs) I spend 20 more years in corporate America, right? And it's just so fascinating. Like, I was asking myself those questions because I wasn't in tune the way that I am now to really sit with those answers and and to kind of surrender, right? Yeah. And I, so for what for what it's worth, that's a little bit of my story. And I feel people who are in that situation right now. Yeah. Well, and I think what's so valuable about that story, too, because I remember reading it. And by the way, guys, we were talking about her book, Soulbatical, and it's good. It's really good. So go get it. Um, <laughs> I know we you. keep We keep referencing it. Um, But one of the things that stood out to me was that, and a lot of people are like, because I can hear it, like I can just hear people's voices where they're like, yeah, but my job wouldn't let me do that. Your, or my life situation wouldn't let me do that. You know, like, they're like, oh, yeah, you had that circumstance, but I, I don't. What I think is so valuable about, like, 
the way that you went about backpacking around Europe is you saw somebody else make that leap. You saw somebody take like a brave action for themselves. And you were like, what if I could do? Why don't I try to do that? Maybe I could do that. I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. And then, but you, you advocated, you did the scary thing. You went to your your higher up and you advocated for it. You asked, you were, and you even said in the book, you were like, if they're either going to say yes, or they're going to say no. And then I'll have to decide, do I leave my job or do I just keep going? Like, it was that that thing, though, but like you faced that fear. And I think for a lot of people, these kind of reflective questions and even taking these actions, they feel scary when we do them. But that truly, to me, fear is like a compass. It's leading you to the next thing. The scary thing is the way to go. And I mean, you and I wouldn't be sitting here having this interview if I wasn't obsessed with finding all my fears and like yes. and like digging them up because it's been my jam for like probably the past years to find everything that scares the bejesus out of me and do it. And interviews was one of them. And um, it's just... Well, I love to tell you that you're nailing it. So, yay. yay. I'm so, so glad because if you hadn't embraced your fear, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And this conversation is totally energizing me. And I hope it's doing the same for everybody who's listening to this. So I just want to celebrate that because it is scary. But I always say on the other side of fear is everything you want. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's true and it is scary and it is hard. Stephen Pressfield has a great quote that I won't remember verbatim right now, but <laughs> paraphrased in Shelley Paxton's way. Yes. He, he's, he's the author of The War of Art, which is one of my absolute favorite books. And if, if anybody in listening to this hasn't read it, look it up. It is so good. It's a small book, but really powerful. And the whole idea, he talks a lot about the resistance we face mm-hmm. when we're doing the thing we're meant to do. It's like the greater the resistance, the closer you are to your calling, the closer you are to the thing you're meant to be doing. And it's so true. Like the more you feel that fear building up, the closer you are to that thing where it's like, yeah, you're onto something. It's like when you're playing that game as a child where it's like, is it like Marco Polo where it's like cold, 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 hot, warm, 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 hot, like closer to something. It is like, this is like, yeah, this is like, you're getting really warm. You're getting hot. Like you're closer to that thing that you're meant to be doing. And that usually is when it's super scary because that's also like that discomfort is growth. Yeah. That discomfort is absolutely what starts to just get us to that breakthrough to like the next level and the next plane of who we are and who we're meant to be. It's it's so true. And and honestly, this is what my entire next book, Break the Chain, is about. It's a, it's about using your fears intentionally, right? To shape oh, who I you love are. That. Yeah, it's it's like the whole premise of the book. And it's 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 interesting because it, it feels like crazy intense when you first start doing it. It feels like the wildest thing. Like, and especially you experienced that, you know, when you were like, oh, do I do the scary new thing or do I do what I know? And you were like, yeah, I'm not, I'm going to do what I know. (laughs) And Uh because you, it's probably just because you weren't ready to like, well, and I think having the awareness that like we're talking about right now is so valuable because 
you know, like there are times like in your past and my past, we didn't know that fear was the way to go. You know, like we right? were we were taught to avoid it. So, well, and I was raised, and I don't know how you were raised, but I was raised where it's like, no, we kind of like do the expected thing. This is yeah. what success looks like. This is what you know. I mean, even when I the the expected thing was like me moving to Istanbul, Turkey, as a single twenty six year old. Even that felt like the rebellious traditional move. It was like the rebellious expected thing but my parents were like wait you're going where doing what moving to what country (laughs) and my friends were like oh my god you're gonna be like midnight express too like don't do it you know I mean just it was like it was nuts it was absolutely nuts and so I don't know you're gonna the the other thing I would say is like just also like know that you're going to have that fear. You're going to feel that fear. And you're also going to feel a whole lot of resistance from people around you. Yeah. And so that's kind of like the second layer. I don't know if your new book deals with that part of fear, but I'm super fascinated by that because it's like, it's hard enough to say, no, I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to do the new thing, the unexpected thing, the thing I've been scared to do, you know, for the last five years, but now's the time. Mm -hmm. And, and then you, start to hear from other people going is that such a good idea are you sure you want to do that you know in my case it was like why would you leave the like the sexiest job in marketing you work for the most iconic brand like why would you do that like you have this great title you work for this great brand you have a big paycheck and I was like yeah, but it's not doing anything for me inside. And I had to get really comfortable really quickly with knowing that I was kind of on my own for a little while and people would ultimately eventually come around or they wouldn't. Yeah. And that was going to be okay. Yeah. That was kind of the second layer of fear that was really tough to deal with. For sure. And I think, you know, that's why it is so important to build up confidence within ourselves, because when we feel, you know, it's not like you said before, it's not about self-care. It's about, you know, that commitment that that I call it just self-love. You know, it's about knowing at your core this is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is what I believe in. When you have that locked down, other people's opinions won't knock you down. You know, they won't, tear, right. they won't tear down the tower. And I'm always very mindful of if I make a decision or if I, you know, or if I'm going to make a shift, I go to the people that I know will back it. And I think a lot of us do this subconsciously, honestly. We, we make a decision in our minds and then we go to the people that will amplify that decision. So, you know, like if I, I don't, I don't know how to really have an example, but it's like, if you, if somebody's saying, oh, you should do this, but deep down you don't want to, you go find people that are like, no, no, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, we're always, we're always looking for the proof points for uh-huh. the story in our head. That's yeah. exactly right. And That's exactly right. I literally just made a decision. I'm not even going to talk about it right now, but I literally just kind of, I was listening to my, my intuition. I was listening to my gut and this idea popped in my head and I was like, oh, that that would be incredible. That feels really good to me. And then I I started going, oh, maybe I should talk to this person and see what they think or this person. And I was like, no, I'm actually not going to talk to anyone about it because I just want to have this. I, I constantly use myself as an experiment, but I'm like, what if I don't go for any validation? What if I solely listen to what I think would be great? I don't listen to my head. I strictly listen to my heart and I just do it. What would happen? Rather than oh, allow, la- yeah, like rather than allow I myself to be swayed. 
<laughs> I got goosebumps for you. And it, it's that's really in alignment with um, one of the things that I say all the time, which is I am now really clear that I choose values over validation. Yeah. And the example that you just provided is like, boom, that's it. Yeah. Like you, your values are inside of you. It's like, is this serving my values? If I look through the lens of my, like my values are freedom, authenticity, and courage, Mm -hmm. my top three. And I can look at every decision I make in my life and that I will make in my life saying, is this serving what is most meaningful to me? Right? So if I'm like, you know, if I'm tap dancing around something, I'm like, whoa, wait a second, time out, Shelly. Like, this doesn't feel like you're being courageous, right? This feels like you're trying to like find a back door into something or whatever. But what you just described is so beautiful. It's like, no, you know what? I know this is so aligned with my, my values and experimenting in the way that you love to experiment. I'm going to go for it. I don't need anybody else to tell me that this is okay. And you know what? The reality is it doesn't matter if it flies or it doesn't fly. You're going to learn from it. And maybe it's only the first step to the thing that you can't even imagine today. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's so cool. Exactly. I mean, that's how I, I mean, if I hadn't just like gone with my gut when I worked with my first coach that got me into coaching, I don't even remember how I found her. I don't remember why I wanted to work with her. I don't remember any of it. It was like, like the fastest freaking blur. And I was like, oh, apparently this is about coaching. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but it, But it opened the door for me to be doing what I'm doing today. And I'm so grateful. And I think, yeah, like, don't necessarily plan out all the pieces or try to get validation from other people, you know, like kind of coming back to other people's opinions, um, especially when you're doing something scary is, you know, like, okay, hold on, wrap my brain around this thought. So what I was saying originally was like, at first it feels big and scary, but the more you do it and the more you get used to it, you, you recognize fear for what it is, but it doesn't feel horrifically terrifying, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. Um, and so, and, and the same goes for like worrying about what other people are thinking. At first, it might feel really big and really loud. And, you know, you can just try to go to people that you'll find support with um, and not go to the people that, you know, will probably tear down your dreams. Um, but, you know, to the same degree, like if like that gets, I feel like that gets easier too, because it's okay for people to agree and disagree with what you do, because it's not about them. It's about you. It's your life. It's your choice. That's exactly right. Well, and also it's, uh, so I talk about this a little bit in the book too, saying that, yes, you know what, going to other people, especially people in your, um, who've been in your life for a long time. And they're kind of like, you know, they're like, I like you the way that you are. I like the thing that you do. I, I kind of like like you in this box. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, I'm ready to play bigger. I'm ready to get out of the box. That's going to be threatening to a lot of people around you. Yeah. Right. And so that's where it also gets scary because you might not have the support. One of the things, well, there are two things that I say to this. One is I've learned to turn fear into fuel. Yeah. So for me, it's like when I know I'm feeling, and I'm not talking fear like I'm walking down a dark alley and I think somebody's behind me. That's a whole different kind of like <laughs> that's fear. A, that's right? an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> right. That's a, right. That's like, yeah, get the hell out of there. Like do whatever you got to do, like escape. But the fear that's like, um, what's a good example? Well, oh. okay, this is a, this is a great example. Like, okay. I've been thinking about whether I should put a podcast out there because there's a lot of momentum around this soulbatical message, and I have the book out in the world, and a few people have asked me, and I was like, 
I kind of had the same reaction as you did. Like you've been out there doing your thing and it's amazing. But the fact that what you just said about interviewing people, I'm like, I don't know. I'm really good at telling my story. I'm really good at storytelling, but I don't know if I'm an interviewer, if I should be out there. And I'm like, I should really start listening to that fear. Like it's trying to tell me something. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's like, so, so in the second piece of it is I used, um, I used my journey as an opportunity to say, you know what? It's time for me to find the people who are going to inspire me. It's time for me to find the people who help me up level, who can challenge me, who are playing a whole different game. And so that's something else I would share with everybody is to say, you know what? Maybe this is the opportunity to find those people who will mentor you, who will inspire you, who are playing the game that you want to play because you know, in some cases, it might be what you've decided where it's like, no, you know what, I just I'm going to sit with this myself right now. And I don't I don't need any validation. I just I don't even need to talk about it with anybody else. Mm -hmm. But if you want to talk about it with other people, I would just tell people be really selective, like this might yeah. be an opportunity to bring new people into your life, who can start to really shift your perspective, and support you in ways you didn't even know you could be supported. That's what I did on my journey. Like I found a whole new tribe. I belonged to a coaching community. They challenged me in ways like uh, to do things I didn't even know I was capable of doing. And it's really beautiful. So I keep doing that every day. Yeah, well, and I mean, especially finding people with the same type of like mindset, right? The same type of uh -huh. like energy is so, so beneficial for like pursuing what you want to pursue. And I know sometimes that might feel difficult, but it, I mean, it could involve literally just like seeing somebody who's like, who you like, that you don't even, I can't tell you how many friends I've made on Instagram by just randomly reaching out and being like, hey, you look like a really cool person. Uh, <laughs> like, let's chat. And so, like, it's just a matter of the people are there. You just kind of have to have that courage to reach out. I think that's what's really important to know, too, when it comes to finding, like, like people that are going to support you. It's so true. And just, and, and the one piece of advice on that, and so this is, like, can be used in, in real life or in virtual life. Like you belong in every room. So show up like you belong in every room. Every one of us does. I mean, I think I know, I know I've struggled with this. It's sort of like, you know, when I was first kind of getting into the upper ranks of management, it's like the first time I was in the boardroom, I felt like a shrinking flower, you know, me and all my rebelness and, you know, <laughs> I was still like, oh my God, I don't belong in this room. I don't belong in this room. I had complete imposter syndrome. And now I'm learning more and more, like there's a reason I'm in this room, like this virtual room. There's a reason that, you know, I'm connected with this person on Instagram. There's a reason why you and I are having this conversation right now. Like we were meant to find each other and have this conversation and be connected. Yeah. You know, there's an on and on. And so I believe in that now. Like I absolutely, so I invite everyone to really step into that that power of knowing like you belong in every room that you walk into and and that will help you make those introductions and find that courage because none of us are born with more innate courage than any of the than anybody no. else it's really getting comfortable with like turning that that fear into fuel and knowing that everything on the other side is just so 
you know, fulfilling and powerful. And it, it really is like it leads you to simply happy. Yes, yes. And, you know, like something I wanted to bring up, too, is that like when when you know like it's about communicating too like with yourself like when you were talking about feeling like you didn't belong in the room I remember I went to meet with this like group of like women entrepreneurs and I was like meh like no like it was all of a sudden I was just like I'm in a box I'm not well like I shouldn't be here and I literally sat in my car before I went in and I was just like like it's okay like you get to just show up as you, you have nothing to prove, you have nothing to hide, like you just get to be you right now. And I just made myself sit and kind of breathe through that and then take that into the room with me. <laughs> um, uh, it's really, that's really powerful though. And I, and I love that you said show up because I'm saying that a lot right now. I, I've literally said, you know, in this moment in time that we're in, I wake up every morning and I say, today I'm doing three things, surrendering, showing up and serving love it and those are guiding me and I think that showing up peace is so incredibly important realizing that like there's no need like be the same person in every room I forget who said that I think it was Jennifer Rudolph Walsh who uh, works with like Glennon Doyle on the all the together rising stuff and does mm -hmm. all the WME events and all of that, but I, I've always loved that idea. It's like, be the same person in every room, which means be you. Show up as your authentic self. You know, rebel for your authenticity. That's what helps you connect with people. That's why you belong in that room, because the world needs the gifts that you bring. The world needs you to just show up as you and not try to be anybody that you're not. And that's when actually the real magic starts to happen. That's when it gets really interesting and you find your people and you make the connections and these doors start opening that you didn't even, you couldn't even imagine were there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly how I ended up with a book deal. Like I just continually showed up as myself. I was telling my story. I was, you know, explaining to people why I left Harley, the journey I'm on, what I was calling it, what I was learning. I just kept putting that out into the world and showing up as myself instead of showing up as like, well, I'm no longer an executive and, you know, like mm. pretending that I felt bad about that because it would have been really easy for me to do that. Yeah. And I thought, no, you know what? Like I'm like, I, I'm, I'm kind of like doing some branding work right now and we've landed on this. I love this phrase, like burnout fire and burnout fighter and fire reigniter yes. is like the work that I do in the world. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to stand proud and own that. And I realized that's actually what I've been owning all along because I knew I was on this powerful journey to rewrite the script of success. I just didn't know what the path was going to look like. I had to kind of like bushwhack it, you know, the whole way mm -hmm. and just trust, you know, trust that I was on the right path. And all I did was keep showing up as me and telling my authentic story and putting my truth out into the world. And it just was like magnetizing for people. And, and to the point where I got, you know, I had somebody come to me and say, we want you to write your story. The world needs to hear this. And I didn't, I'm nobody special. I didn't do anything special, but that's what happens when you show up in the world. Like it's really magical. It really is. And I, you know, I think like, does if like, cause to show up 
as like who you are in every room, it really, all it takes is everything that we've kind of talked about in this episode, where it is being reflective and being aware and asking yourself questions. I mean, like, I I know that's how, I, I mean, that's something I'm still working on is showing up as the same person in every room. I've never articulated it that way, but that is exactly what I've been doing. And I've noticed that like, when I would like get around my parents, I would start to act differently and I would like stop and I'm like, okay, why did I do that? Why did I act? differently and I'm like oh because you're falling back into the pattern of like being the little girl that they knew or if totally I, if I'm around like my husband's old friends and like all of a sudden I have this like different energy and I'm like whoa 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 why am I doing that and then it's it's about you know going in with intention and you know taking action like that's that's what I call it is 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 like how it's showing up it's taking action rather than just thinking about it and reflecting on it it's actually doing something about it afterwards that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So yeah, it's like, there is the time to just sink down into it, reflect on it, understand it, mm-hmm. name it. Yeah. And then say, yeah, what is my intention coming out of it? It's so interesting that you say that because I think you've seen that at the end of each, um, at the end of each of the um, uh, four sections of my book, mm-hmm. so my brain just no, it's all good. <laughs> at the end of each of the four sections of my book, I have what I call like these soul search reflection questions because yeah. I want this to be an interactive guide for people. And so one of the things I created was a framework. I call it the soul framework. And it is intended to do exactly what you just said, because I think we get to these places in our life where it's like, okay, I have this new intention. I have this understanding or this insight. I want to turn it into an intention and then I want to take action on it in some way. Mm -hmm. So I created this soul process where S-O-U-L from soul is an acronym for show up, own it, unleash it, and live it. Yes. And each one of those is talking about like what are each of those steps so that you can move you know, as we said, from like insight into intention, into action. And, and even if it's the smallest baby step, but I am a huge advocate for living it in the sense of live it before you're ready. Yeah. Take that first step before you feel ready, because that's where the growth and the magic happen. And I cannot emphasize that point enough. And I know you believe it because you're living it. Um, that's a huge takeaway, I think, for anybody listening to us right now. Yeah. I mean, nobody's, nobody's ever ready. So we just need to get rid of the idea of being ready. <laughs> Cause yeah. like, yeah. even an Olympic athlete, like they train for a long freaking time. And do you think that they are like ready when they get to like the starting point? No, like they're going right. to do their best. They're going to show up with their best intention. You know, maybe they've prepared a bit, but or are you do you ever know like yep I'm completely ready now it's all gonna go smoothly and perfectly let's do it <laughs> like no yeah we have no we have no control over that no. that's exactly right we have no control it's funny that you bring up like Olympic or elite athletes because I've been talking a lot about that in the context of the current pandemic and I've been saying like we cannot forget that actually what makes those elite athletes so freaking good at what they do is that rest and recovery are built into their schedules yeah they they can't get where they are to the level they're competing at if they don't have lots of down days as part of their training 
And we forget that. Like as, you know, I'm I'm a non-athlete, right? I right. did my things. Like I did competitive swimming when I was young and whatever. But like, I, you know, I'm a fairly ordinary person. I don't compete at any particular <laughs> level. But I'm realizing that's so important. Like I talk about this concept of rally and recovery. And I think right now, especially with many of us, almost all of us sitting in our homes right now, Mm -hmm. and so many of us sitting in front of the computer constantly on Zoom calls and whatever we're doing, we need to make sure we're building in recovery time. It goes back to that radical self-commitment and self-care we need the downtime. We need to make sure that we're stepping away because that's also where the integration and the ideas and the creativity happen. Yeah. That's a gift to give to ourselves because we can't ever increase and improve our performance if we're not recognizing that, if we're not sleeping, if we're not taking breaks, if we're not you know, taking a walk, whatever that looks like mm-hmm. for you. So I think that's just, I just love you said that. And I didn't want to miss the opportunity no. to hook on to it because- it's so important, especially right now, just to take care of ourselves. Yeah, and I like honestly I, to take it a step further, actually, because I, I I love the 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 just bringing the like, tying it in with rest and recovery, but I think it's rest, recovery, and mindset, because that's mm, what yeah. what really gets them is 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 all three of those components because they're not like making it to the Olympics with the mindset of like I don't know maybe. I'm so like... yes, I love it. Rally recovery and mindset. It is. The rally yes. is like the really intense training piece of it or mm-hmm. the intense work piece of it for the rest of us. The recovery is I've got to give my, you know, mind, body and soul a rest. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the mindset piece of it. Yeah, you're right. You can't go into it without like the commitment to, you know, I am and I believe and I yeah. can and I will and I'm such a proponent that language matters and I you know like mm-hmm. a, a, a question I threw out on Instagram the other day is um, oh let me see if I can get this I'm just see if I can get this language right but the idea was what if we spent as much time decontaminating what we're bringing into our headspace as we do what we're bringing into our home space right now yes oh that's amazing (laughs) right like I want to have that conversation it's so so I know you're big on mindset it's a huge part of what you do it's a huge part of what I do I'm so glad you brought it back to that because that is really powerful and I feel like especially as we're going through all of this it's like there's nothing more important than being really careful about what we're putting into our minds and how we're thinking about everything that's going on and everything in our lives. Like mindset has never been more crucial. No. And like, and I, I want to just like say this too, but this, I mean, this kind of stuff goes for, you know, everyone that's at home, but also like people who are like essential workers right now, like people that are still going out and and doing things like this all applies. And I was kind of talking to my students about that the other day. I was like, worry isn't based on circumstance. Worry is based on mindset. Because there are people at home losing their minds and there's people outside losing their minds and vice versa. Like there's people at home that are calm and collected and people that are out there that are calm and collected about what's happening. And um, So true. Yeah. And it's just like... It, it like I love that we're talking about this because even in my like my program beat the bad first thing we do is take action second thing we do is clean up our language and like how we're thinking and the negative thoughts and what we're like letting come in and what we're also letting go out how we're speaking and 
like it's not even just I, I always think it like it bleeds over. Right. So if like you're putting other people down, if you're judging other people, chances are you're doing the same thing to yourself. And right. it's it's so funny because like I used to cuss like a sailor. Like every other word out of my mouth was probably an F word or something to that degree. And I have absolutely nothing wrong with cussing. I still do it occasionally, but I noticed that it was actually affecting my mindset. That I would, when I was, and this is just me personally, not saying everybody is this way, because I like you, you got it, girl. Like, you're all, <laughs> I love your book. Cause oh, I love my F words. I know. I, them, but I, I try to use them very strategically and purposefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fantastic. It adds, it adds the flavor to the book. I love it. Um, but for like, for me, I noticed that like when I was cussing more, I would become more judgmental, more short tempered, more like easily frustrated, that kind of stuff. And so that's why I don't cuss hardly at all anymore. I still do it occasionally. But like I said, it's, it's something I was mindful of, because it was impacting my mindset. And so it's, it's about what's coming in. But it's also about what's going out. (laughs) You know, so true. It's a well, and understanding the relationship between those two things, which is exactly the correlation that you made. And I think that's really, really smart because it is, it's going to be different for different people. Like mm-hmm. I love to do it because it's a little reminder of like the badass I am and yeah. I drop an F bomb and I feel like it's like, boom, like it's like <laughs> punctuation point sometimes, but I've also cleaned up more of my language to say, yeah, it's not every other word. I'm getting really <laughs> smart about not smart, but I'm, I'm, I'm using it when it's like, it actually makes me feel good. Like it's like, yeah. it's like yeah, it is like that. Boom. It's kind of like, like emphasizes. And you're like, okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, language is so incredibly important in, in mindset and how we live and how we relate to people and how we treat ourselves. Right. Yeah. Whew, you know, it starts from first thing in the morning, right? Like what are the first things that we say to ourselves? How do we energize ourselves? That's why I love starting with this idea of permission that we talked about before, because I feel like it's such a gentle way to start with myself in the morning. Yeah. And what better thing to do is like, let's be gentle with ourselves. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I remember like, if you would have talked to me five years ago, I'm still Harley, you know, I'm on like a cortisol high. I'm just, you know, I'm just like busy, 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 raging, whatever. And I would have just been like, I start and like, I'm immediately thinking about like, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do that. And it's like the, I have to's will kill you. Mm -hmm. They'll kill you. And so now I wake up and I gently start and I give myself permission and I set intention. And then I think about what opportunities I have and what I get to do, what I'm so fortunate to be able to do. And I mean, it's just a, I mean, to me, that's like a path that just eases into a flow in a day, you know, and a mindset shift that just brings abundance. Yes. And that's like, my audience always hears me talk about it. I call them gratitude nuggets. So it's just, I always tell people just to, you know, grab like a 20 piece and chow down. So it's just looking for, you know, just things to feel grateful for, whether that's in your life, in what you get to do right in yourself and what you have the ability to do, or, or even just who you are, you know, like they're everywhere. Like you can be in that mindset and it's, it is intentional to do that. It's like, it's not just something that like some people have the gift, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. She was like, just, oh, well, how nice for them. <laughs> they were just born with all the nuggets. 
Right, exactly. Uh, they're, they're a nugget hoarder. Share with the rest of us. They're endless, <laughs> endless gratitude nuggets. They are endless. Well, and that's it. Like, my, I am, I totally, like, my mindset is, like, one of abundance. I refuse, like, my general principle in life is I refuse to operate from fear and I refuse to operate from a place of scarcity. Yeah. Like, those are two, like, fundamental rules in my life. Yes. Will not operate from fear, will not operate from scarcity. And so mindset becomes even more critical. when you set those and so I encourage anybody right to establish those boundaries too it's like I will not operate from these places I will operate from these places you know love and abundance and you know opportunity and whatever it is for you but that's how I am choosing to live and everything that has come my way. I mean, I've had so many people, especially since the publication of this book three months ago. I mean, this book is still like a newborn oh, it's in fresh. the world. It's fresh. Yeah, <laughs> it's fresh. Exactly. And, you know, just say, you know, thank you for being a lighthouse. And I believe the reason I am projecting my energy and my light and I'm being perceived as a lighthouse is because of all the things that you and I have been talking about in this conversation. Like the things I believe, the fact that I care about mindset, the fact that I'm super grounded in my values, you know, that I give myself permission every day and that I come from this place of truth and authenticity and service, like all of those things ladder up to just shining brightly in the world. So I would offer that up to anybody. It's like, these are, you know, these are building blocks. You don't have to have all of it, but just start and yes to hell yes to gratitude nuggets. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And (laughs) we all need them. Gratitude man. gratitude will take you like that is such a mindset shift too. Like you get right into gratitude and it gets you out of the, uh, you know, out of the negative space pretty quickly. It is the shortcut to happiness. It straight up is the shortcut. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. I love that. But you, I mean, you are such a lighthouse. And what I think is so beautiful is that when you live authentically, when you, you know, lean into yourself and you own that and you stand in it proudly like you do, Shelly, like it comes out in your voice. It comes out in what you talk about and how you help people. And just like that's when like you can literally see and hear somebody's heart is when they just stand very securely in who they are. And it is something that, you know, you you continue to grow over time, but, you know, you might have to build that up. You might have to strengthen that. I know I certainly have. Um, and I know you have too. So, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing though for like, I'm just so grateful, gratitude nugget, that like yeah. <laughs> everybody that listens to Simply Happy has just gotten to hear your voice and hear your passion and learn from you and and be enlightened by you today. It's just been incredible. Oh, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm so excited I got to spend a bit of time this afternoon with you and I feel like I have a new a new friend and kindred spirit <sighs> on this journey and you're exactly right. Like this is a never-ending journey. I mean, yes, it will end at some point in time, but like as right. we are on this earth on this plane, like we will continue to evolve. It's a journey and I love it. Like I've gotten into a headspace and that's really exciting because I don't know what's coming. Yes. And I was super I'm super super um 
grateful for spending this time with you and with your audience. So that is like, that feels like the 20 pack of gratitude nuggets Aww, right there. That's I am awesome. chowing down. Like this whole conversation <laughs> has been a chow down for me. So I, know. I feel very satiated on every level. Look, I'm going to let you take your nap, but like you and I aren't done. Like we're... <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to be friends after this. So, no, oh, we not pretty sure like, for sure. It's done. Most definitely. <laughs> this is the beginning of a connection. And I'm really, really excited that this all brought us together. And thank you for, you know, thank you for hosting me. And um, I'm really glad. I'm super happy for the world that you are doing more interviews because you're really great at it. And it doesn't have to be anything more than an authentic, organic conversation. And that's exactly what you led today. And it was really beautiful to be a part of. Thank you so much. That means the world to me. Like literally uh, straight up, you guys, Shelly and I, nothing we talked about today was planned. (laughs) Like we actually had something we were maybe going to talk about. We didn't even touch on it, but that's okay. No, I like what we touched on. I do too. I, and and the organic is better because what you, what you guys everybody listening to this what you got was our hearts and souls yeah and our hearts and souls kind of connecting and that's a really beautiful thing and I don't think you can ever script that no no and you guys like just witnessed the birth of a friendship which is crazy we have you documentation know, we... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm like doing my happy dance in the I... kitchen right now so just visualize that I'm giving you a virtual well, high five sister girl and I can't wait to continue I am happy dancing in my closet because that's where I record my podcast oh that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, awesome my oh my god Olivia I'm so excited I'm yes. super happy to have a new friend fellow fellow spirit and I can't wait to see where this goes yes yes and okay so before we go where can everybody get your stuff where can they get sylvatical where can they find you all the things oh the juicy bits I almost <laughs> forgot thanks for guiding us back there of course it was like a love fest I was just like all I know in the love fest um so my book which is the full title is sylvatical a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life published by Simon and Schuster Tiller Press which is an print of Simon & Schuster. You can find it anywhere where books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your favorite local indie shop. What I would suggest at this moment in time is because so many of our favorite indie bookstores are closed, um, a lot of the big publishers have created bookshop.org. And if you order, they'll ship direct from the publisher and the proceeds will go to keep these indie bookstores in business. So cool. I know. It's so cool. And I am promoting it everywhere that I can because I'm a huge, like I have stacks of books in my house and I love supporting my indie bookstores. So that is bookshop.org is a great way to do it. Or you can get, you know, Audible or or the the audio version or the ebook version. And I will say, you guys, I do recommend this book. I'm very protective with what books I recommend. Like I actually have like a, like a free guide where it has like a bunch of books like basically my library I don't add everything that I read I only add or share the stuff that I truly think would be beneficial for you guys and I will definitely recommend this book so go get it I'm not done with it yet but it is that good Thank you. And then where else you can find me? Uh, Soulbatical.com. And Soulbatical is two Bs and one T, just so everybody knows. It's a made-up word, and that's how I spelled it. Um, And you can, on there, you can find, like, I put tons of, like, content on there, and you can sign up for my Soul Fuel newsletter, which I send out the first Sunday of every month, which is just, like, what's, what's 
lighting my soul on fire that I think might be lighting yours on that might could light yours on fire as well. And then my playground is Instagram at soulbatical spelled the exact same way. You can also find me at soulbatical coaching on um, Facebook, but I really like, I love Instagram play there and Shelly Paxton on LinkedIn. So all of those are good avenues. And I would love, I love to connect with people. I'm like you, it's like, reach out, say hi. I will, I respond to everyone because I love human connection and conversation. I am the same. Yeah, definitely send us a message and let us know what you thought of the show. Um, And I'll have everything linked in the show notes too. So you guys can always find all the, all the links in there, all that good stuff. Well, thank you again, Shelly, for coming on the show. It's been beyond wonderful. I don't even have words. It's just been the best. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. And thank you guys so much for listening. I love you so much. As always, you keep staying simply awesome. I'll keep staying simply Ollie and I'll chat with you on the next pod. Bye. Right, that is it. What a good conversation, right? Oh, I had so much fun. We both had so much fun recording this podcast and it was just incredible. So please, you know, make sure you send us both a message. Um, you can find me at The Real Simply Ollie on Instagram, letting us know what you thought about the show, you know, share it on social media or, you know, let a friend know about it if you think it would really help them just kind of give back in that way if you can. And um, I just wanted to let you know, of course, please go get Shelly's book. That's the main thing. Go get her book. Um, I did mention a couple of my books. So if you're interested in, in knowing where you can find my books, it is at www.simplyolly.com slash books. <laughs> you can find them there. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was absolutely fantastic. And yeah, chat with you on the next pod. Bye.